Um, we'll start here. Um, so uh, thank you guys for coming to this one. This one should be uh, relatively fun. Not as fun as the next one. Uh, so as some of you guys know, um, my name is David Dennis. I'm one of the elders here. Um, I uh, have a complicated life uh, in the sense that uh, I do, it feels like, a lot of different things. Um, I'm a single man, so you might be wondering, David, that's awfully ironic that you're teaching at a parenting conference. So, um, But at the same time, I actually probably in some ways interact with more kids than most people um, just because I take it as a responsibility on myself as one of the elders of this church to try to pour into and preach the gospel to the kids of our church. So, I mean, one of my favorite uh, times, if you go here, you'll notice sometimes when I'm, I'm actually every time I preach, um, when I get done preaching, when I, probably my favorite memory and my favorite time of the week is as soon as I get done, I have like kids from like four different families just run up and start like hugging me and stuff like that. It is literally like the best part of my week. Like I absolutely love that. So at the same time, um, I interact with a ton of kids on a week to week basis. Um, and one of the things I try to do is I'm always trying to have in some ways gospel conversations with even some of your kids in this room. I mean, if you go here. So in some ways, I don't have any kids, but in other ways, I have more kids than almost anybody else in this room, like just because by virtue of that. And one of the things that I care about deeply is how in the world um, do we actually speak of Jesus to our kids? Um, I think that's a super important thing. Um, Maybe you're here and you're like, David, I'm not like a huge talker. Um, I feel like that's like a, a thing that I really struggle with. Well, that's good. Like this is something for you. Like, uh, it, it, it's really, there can be some good strategies this that we take away uh, from this. But let me do this. Let me pray for us, and uh, then we'll start. This is going to be an interactive time that some of you who know me best. When I pull out the whiteboard, you know it's, it's game time. So uh, we're going to have a lot of fun here. So uh, let me pray. Uh, Father, we thank you um, that you have given us words, uh, that you've spoke the world into existence. And not only have you spoke the world into existence, you have made us speaking creatures. Not only have you made us speaking creatures, Father, Lord, you have given us the responsibility to speak to those who come after us. Lord, we thank you for the grace that you have shown us in Jesus. We pray that you would give us wisdom in this, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, If you have a Bible, go ahead and grab one of those. I literally have forgotten mine over there. And turn to the book of Psalms. And this is where we're gonna where we're gonna start today. And some of you guys who were here last night, you noticed that we read this um, uh, one of my favorite psalms in the Bible, um, Psalm one hundred two. And it says this: uh, if you scroll down um, to uh, verse sixteen, uh, you'll see this there, Psalm one hundred two sixteen. He says, uh, for the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. Maybe you're like, David, Zion, I'm not familiar. In the Old Testament, the way that the Bible speaks of God's coming kingdom, it like gives it a name. So for instance, like if you ever are big into like comic books or something like that, I'm not. Um, But if you are, one of the things you'll see about like, so Batman, where does Batman patrol? What's his area? Do anybody remember? Zach, where? Gotham. So Gotham is another name for what? Does anybody know? Do what? 
It's another name for, it's a particular city, a real city. Oh, New York City. Yeah, it's New York City, yeah. right? Like, this is why, like, if you go to New York City, you'll see, like, like Gotham or something like that around there. It's like this figurative city in some ways, this picturesque city that kind of represents something else. In the same way, this is what Zion is in the Old Testament. It's Jerusalem, but in some ways, it's this future-oriented way of when God is actually going to rule and set up his reign on earth. So it says this, for the Lord builds up Zion, he appears in his glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute and he does not despise their prayer. That's some stinking good news that he doesn't look at you and is like, hey, you know what? Um, You know what? I just don't feel like listening today. He's never done that and he never will. And then verse 18, I love this. Let this be recorded. Like this Psalm, let this, like what I'm writing, let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. And every time I read that, I'm like, that is so interesting because in some ways, the fulfillment of this Psalm, every single time that I read this, like it's like this Psalm is being fulfilled. Like this Psalm was written down so that a people, when this guy wrote, a people who had yet, they weren't, they didn't even exist yet. They might hear of what the Lord's done and they might know him. In some ways, like as parents in this room, like this is a very, realistic way of, of, of who you are and what your responsibility is, what my responsibility is, even as, as someone who is a pastor, that you're to speak, that we must speak. It's, it's interesting. We live in a day where we're like, uh, you know what? Maybe my kids will pick up um, my Christian walk from my actions. One of the things that we do as Christians, we, we never put a separator or barrier between those two. We have to both act and speak. So one of the things we're going to look at today, all right, what we're going to do, we're, we're going to look at two different sets of things. First of all, we're going to ask, answer two questions. The first one is, why is it so hard? Um, let me ask you this. How many of you guys um, find it easy like to talk to your kids about the gospel? Like, Is there anybody in here you're like, I find that relatively easy? Anybody? He's one, so. <laughs> you like got to... <laughs> <laughs> so 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 okay so how many of you have kids over five years old anybody one two yeah okay so you guys do so let me ask you um did you anticipate let's say um jacob did you anticipate maybe whenever you first had kids um because you didn't raise your hand saying it's easy did you anticipate that it would be easy or were you like no i really felt this was going to be hard like what did you anticipate like when you were a new parent Yeah, the one-year-old has no objections. No, He's like, yeah. I don't, I don't really find it hard to share with the old ones either because we've been sharing with them for so long. Yeah, and maybe in some sense too, like I'm talking about not necessarily like sharing the facts of like the facts of what we think of the gospel. Oh, like Jesus's incarnation, like his uh, crucifixion, his resurrection. I'm talking about in some ways talking about the everyday stuff of Jesus, like bringing up in in some ways, having like spiritual conversations. And one of the things I think it would be really important to think about is why is this in some ways like so hard for us? Like, why is this? Because here's the thing, even if you're, um, 
even if you're a relatively young parent, you have kids, one of the things I know well enough about human nature, I mean, even as a pastor, is this is going to be difficult for you, like in some ways. I'd be curious, why do you think in some ways it would be difficult? Any ideas, Derek? Any ideas? Why would this be difficult for us? What do you think? Uh, I guess just personal struggles that you... Okay, so personal struggles. I think figuring out how to like explain, mm-hmm. connect to, I don't know, those concepts can be so big, but even the everyday things, just like to get understanding. Yeah. One, the fact that you're also, your kids are very different. <laughs> like, so like you could actually, um, I mean, I, one of the things that I've, I've done for a long time is I've taught um, guitar. I teach a lot of the music um, here at our church. And I've noticed I can actually use the same kind of thing for one kid. And he, like, totally gets it. And then I'm like, oh, I got this. I'll just use this for every kid. And then the next kid's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm like, we really are wired differently. Like, there is an essence, a sense in, like, this is going to be hard. And there are some reasons for that, all right? One of them is, is the fact that, I mean, if you think about it, there's physical reasons for this. Like, you come home during the day, like, and here's the thing. Some of you, like, you work jobs, like, nine to five jobs. You come home, naturally, you're, you're stinking tired. Like, think, how did God make our bodies? He made them, like, he made them perishable in some ways. Like, he, like we, we have to go down at night. We have to. So, in some sense... There is a physical reason for why this is going to be difficult. Sometimes you're just going to be stinking tired. Like, I'm going to be stinking tired. Like, we're going to be tired. Like, there is a reason this. But also, I think it would be super helpful to think about some of the spiritual reasons. All right, when I say spiritual reasons, what do you, what do you think of spiritual heart reasons it would be hard to speak about your kids for spiritual reasons? Can you think of any? Zach? Like, uh, maybe if you don't feel good enough. Ooh. Or, like, worthy, maybe. or if you're not living it yourself. Mm. Okay. Any other ones? This is good. Maybe vulnerability with. In regards to what you'd say? I I don't know. I mean, as a dad, I think I would be more hesitant. Like if it made me look a little weaker or something like that. Mm. Yeah. This is that's. Surprisingly good. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. Holy cow. Weaker. Yeah. It's interesting because in some ways, like, when a lot of people think of this word right here, they naturally go to, like, oh, like, we're all of a sudden we're going to, like, the demonic and the spiritual assault. Um, and I think there's a place for that. Like, and we'll touch that in a second. But let's open up to um, let's open up to a particular part of the Bible. Go to Romans real fast. Romans chapter four. And what we're going to do is we're going to begin to see some of the reasons why this is so difficult for us as human beings. Like it's going to be difficult and it's going to be a challenge. And you're going to struggle to talk about the things of Jesus in everyday life. It's going to be a struggle. And if you know that it's going to be a struggle, you're probably in some ways equipped a little bit more to actually handle that struggle. So if he, uh, Romans chapter four, let's look at verse 23. He says this, but the words that was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It was also counted to us who believe in him, who is raised 
from the dead, Jesus, our Lord. So he's talking about Abraham, God's promise to Abraham. He says he, he counted it to him as righteousness. But notice what he says in verse 25, who he's talking about Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our, what's that last word that you see there? Justification. Justification. Now, a lot of times we read words like this and we're just, we like just read straight over it. We're just like, I don't know, like whatever. But here's one of the things that the Bible like points at, that you and I, we were born like, like originally Adam and Eve, like ours, we were born completely justified. Here's what the, here's in some sense what that means, that all our lives, you and I have felt this need that we need to prove it. Now, this might have started early on, like if you were an athlete or something like that, you needed to prove that you were good. Like you had to be something, all right? You needed, you needed someone to recognize. Our first thought was Adam and Eve. They were not born with that. They felt completely safe and completely secure at all times. Their identity was never, ever sneaking threatened at all. Let me ask you, is that different from the experience that we live in in everyday life? Yeah, it is. Like when they fell, they lost this. So let me ask you, what's, what naturally, because they lost this, what is that? What did they do with it? When they lost this, what did they do naturally? What did human beings do after this? Okay. So one is hide. What else? Now, that is really interesting that you said that. Because in one sense, here's what this means. Because this is absent, here's what they have to start doing. That human beings, that we have to come up with things that will justify us. We need to do things that will make us feel like we are enough. So this can happen in terms of like, let's say, seeking out wealth, seeking out power. But also, here's the other thing. Here's the dirty, nasty one. It also comes through family. That we use even things like family to be like, no, I'm, I'm going to be enough. Like, I'm, I'm going to have an identity because I'm going to have an identity as a good father. Or a good husband. Which is funny because, let me ask you, is it wrong to be a father? No. Is it wrong to be a good husband? You certainly want to do that. Is it wrong to be a good wife? No, you want to be those things. But here's one of the things that we see. That even with these good things, that in some ways, like, because of the fall. I don't know if you guys ever, like, ate, like, well, you guys so you guys have kids, naturally. So if you ever feed your kids, like, Cheetos, all right? You like can't just send them out into the world after that because like you you might have like a white couch or something like that. Well, if you have a white couch and you just fed your kid Cheetos, like it's over. Like he's going to it and just in some ways, like you see that Cheeto residue in some ways because of the sins of Adam and Eve, because of their sin, that actually comes down to us. And we have that same dust on our fingers that happens to almost in some ways ruin everything that we touch. 
It pollutes the very things that God has given us. So these gifts that God has given us, we actually use not as gifts. We actually use them to justify ourselves. Here's what this practically means for your parenting. When you have moments where you stink, like you just, you, you, you didn't speak the gospel well. Here's what you say. Like, this is the kind of stuff you don't say, you know what? I did a sucky job. You say, I suck. And that's not the same thing. The reason this is hard and it's going to be hard for us is because we equate how well our kids listen to us with who we are as individuals. And that's not the same thing. There's going to be times where your kids are very, very, very open to listening to you, to hearing you. Like God, when, I, when I'm having conversation with kids here at our church, whether they're four or five years old or whether they're like 13, 14, like there's times, guys, where they look at me and they're like, oh, man, like that was very helpful. There's times they look at me and they're just like, look at me almost cross-eyed and then just run off. Here's the thing. I have to be able in those moments to preach Jesus Christ's like justification. That he has looked at me and he has given me all that I need. And he says, David, because of what I've done in Jesus Christ, you have enough and you are enough. Not because you are innately like beautiful and special and junk, but because I have actually given myself to you. Therefore, you are enough and you can rest even if your kids look at you all cross-eyed and junk. Does that make sense? So you, you, you see that? That you and I are naturally going to, like we are going to equate how our kids listen to us with who we are. And it doesn't work. And we have to preach Jesus Christ. We, we have to preach that to ourselves. When our kids don't listen to us again or look at us weird or just like roll our eye, like sometimes roll their eyes at us again. You know, there's moments where we're just going to be like, you know what, Lord? You've given me everything that I need. And you know what? I can't expect success at every moment. And you know what? I have to live with the fact that Jesus Christ has justified me and because of that, even though he or she didn't listen to me, I'm still, I'm still, I'm, I'm still radiant in your sight. And I am enough, not because I am enough by myself, but because Jesus Christ has given himself for me. So one of the big reasons it's going to be so hard is you're going to equate you, you and I, we're going to be tempted to equate the results of our parenting with our identity. And it's just not going to work. And in some ways, if you think about it, like I think about this, like I'm not a parent um, yet. I hope to be one day. Um, you might be thinking, David, you're off to a pretty slow start. You're like 37. Like, hey, I, I still pray and hope. I look at my future, like parenting. And you know what really scares me? The thing that really scares me is not my children sinning. Cause like, I know that's going to happen. Like, like I get that. I'm like, yeah, like I expect them to have a day where they probably look at pornography. I don't want that. Like, don't, I don't want that. I know, I know the world that I, I live in. That's not the, the stuff that scares me is whenever they do the right thing. Because I'm going to be tempted to be like, look at that results of results of dad. Like I'm going to be. 
Like the thing that scares me is when my kids do the right thing. And that's where I'm going to have to really protect my heart. So we can't equate our kids' response to our efforts as who we are because it's not the same thing. So in one sense, there is a real spiritual reasons for this. It's because you and I tend to self-justify. But there's also other spiritual reasons for this, all right? So this is where we have, like, you have this kind of stuff. So I'll give you an example. Um, I don't know if this is going to make sense. Um, I don't want to make this out to, like, let's say demons and the devil's constantly attacking her. I, I don't want to make that out, like, like as if it's just this thing that's just constantly going. Yet at the same time, I think you see enough in the Bible to know like this is actually a reality. Um, so, um, Zach, what do you do for a living? Teacher. You're a teacher. All right. So, all right. So let me ask you. So you already went in your classroom for this year. You've already been teaching, I'm guessing. Yep. So what's on your desk at your school? What's on my desk? Yeah, tell me, like, right now, what's on your desk? I have my computer. Okay. Stapler, tape dispenser. Okay. So, so yeah, you got you you got the basic supplies. Anybody else? Anything at this table? Unlike uh, Zach, who's doing teaching. Any other guys? What do you guys do? Project administrator. Project administrator. Where? Like location or company? Uh, company. Yeah. Uh, Evoqua Water Technologies. Water. That sounds really cool. So. Okay, so so do you have a desk? I do. You do? What's on your desk? It'd be uh, funny if it's the exact same thing. I've got a desk on my desk. I've got a standing desk. Oh, I love those. They're incredible. He's got a very large picture of me. Okay. <laughs> large. <laughs> my, my desk is a I got a hard hat. Okay, so oh, so we got okay, hard hat. Yep. Safety glasses. All right, safety glasses. Papers. Okay. No, this is re- this is uh, real coffee maker. Yeah. This is on your desk. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, you have a huge standing <laughs> desk. <laughs> you have to like reach way up here to make the copies. Like, so, so here's the thing. Like, when you go to work, all right. Let's say you get off on Friday, you come back on Monday, all right. So Zach, his computer when he leaves on Friday. It's at his desk. Let me ask you, where is he hoping that his computer will be when he comes back? On his desk. desk. Like, you're naturally, like, you're going to hope that your heart has so. All your jobs in life, every job that you have, when you put your tool down, whatever it is, when you come back the next day, it's going to be exactly like you left it. Do you know what's not like that in life? Everything Everything else, including your kids and including you two. Like, the difference between your kid one day and the next, and to be honest, you one day and the next, there's been temptations. There's been attacks from the enemy. Like, there's been all these, in some ways, when I see even, like, like me walking into like a Sunday morning as, as someone who's a, a pastor, 
I know the person that I saw last week is not the same person that I'm going to see. Like, they had a whole week of temptation. They had a whole week of attacks. On the, like, they had a whole week of this junk. And in some ways, you we, we have to realize the reason it's hard is because in some ways you're never talking to the same person twice. Like, there's been real things that have happened. Like, which, by the way, we're about to move into tools that we can we can use to talk to our kids better. This is why the first tool and the best tool that we're always going to have, and do you guys remember, like if you come to my second session, which I, I would advise you switch it up. Um, but like the biggest thing that you can do, and you hear this all the time, oh, biggest thing you can do is pray. No, that's actually legit. Like that's, if you want to know, how can I talk to my kid better? You stinking pray for them. Like a great thing that you can do, even as a couple, is every morning, take time, sit down, like get on the floor, like get on your knees and say, Lord, we are not sufficient as a couple. We are not sufficient as parents. And at best, what we will do is we will ruin them. But you have the power through us to use us as channels of your grace. And Lord, we pray, help us, help us to do that. That's what we want. We want these, we want our kids to be able to know you and walk with you. Please help us. Like, if you miss anything, that like doing that every day, like is going to help you speak to your kids. So, what are some things? What are some some practical tools we can use to speak to our kids? Um, let me ask you: What kind of do you guys have? I know this is a vague question. Do you guys have anything um, that you use right now? Like um, Jacob, do you guys have any like resources that you use right now? to have like spiritual conversations with your kids or is it just kind of like off the cuff? Like how would you, how would you kind of describe that since you're the one with older kids? So. Um, so, oh, I don't. Okay. Okay. So the Bible, that, that is, I, you're not going to hear me argue with that one. Like that, that's a, that's a pretty good one. Like, to train your kids, like in the like, that's super important. Um, so, here's some things that I found maybe over the years that that can help you, um, that can help us as we as we do it. Let me do some practical resources. Um, giving your kids an idea that the Bible is an actual story. So, a lot of times when we teach our kids things, we can sometimes teach them in a way like, okay. So this is Christianity and what this is, is you're following these particular rules and then you grow and, and, and like you, you get better at doing this. But here's the thing. Think about who were Jesus's biggest enemies in the, in the Gospels. Think about who were his biggest enemies. And let me ask you, what were they really good at? They were like, here's the here's the thing. We look at them like they're bad guys. They were freaking heroes in their time. They were all like people that you look at like they're like spiritually great. But Jesus calls them hypocrites, not because they say one thing and do the other. That's one form of a hypocrite. That's not the kind of hypocrites they were. They did the right things. The only thing is they did the right things and they but they didn't actually love God. So. How do we teach? So some of the things that you can do, how do you teach your kids that the Bible, that what God is doing, he's not just calling you to follow these set of rules, but he's actually inviting you into a way of life. 
So one of the ones, I don't know, how many of you guys have heard of the Jesus Storybook Bible? Has anyone heard of that? Okay. Super good in connecting those type of things. Like that's an awesome resource. If you don't have that one, start like buy that one on Amazon, super cheap. What it does is it shows you how does all of scripture like point to Jesus Christ. All right. Another one um, that you can use the big picture story Bible. Like that's a great one. What you're doing though, is you're showing your kids that this is not some set of rules that you're like to just walk in and walk in and walk in. This is a way of life and it's a better way of life than you can actually live on your own. Um, the big picture story Bible, big picture story Bible, some Christian character stuff, guys, there are some awesome books. Um, uh, if you want to write these down, um, Christian books, these are character development things, but they're not character development things. That's like, Oh, you want to tell the truth just because like, that's a good thing. No, no, no. Like if you, these are awesome. So new growth press. puts out this thing called, uh, what is it? Good news for little ears. You definitely want to look into these. What these are, what they do is they take little animals and what they do is they put human problems into these animals. So like, for instance, one of them is a rabbit who loves to listen to gossip. So he has really big ears like, and his ears are so big that they end up tripping him up when he tries to run races and stuff like that. So, like, you, you begin to see that. Another one, um, uh, Jack's tail twitches. He's a squirrel. Every time he's angry, his tail just goes, like, and it shows what happens whenever we actually allow anger to rule over us in life and how Jesus actually sets us free from our anger. There are so many of these. Like, and here's the, the cool part about this is that no matter what like temperament your kid has, I think there's like 20 of these books. You might have a quiet kid. They have, a, they have books for kids that just like to get away and like hide from, the, like every kind of personality is covered in this. They're awesome books. They're not very expensive. Good news for little ears. They're great at having conversations because here's the thing, no matter who you're, you're gonna notice the ways that they sin very early on. Like they might even be very, very good at like following your rules. Don't let that fool you, right? Don't let it fool you. Like you get to have conversations through things like this, all right? Another one, whenever your kids are older, um, this is a, uh, some ones, maybe you're like, David, I really stink at having like conversations or, or I'm, not, I'm not someone who naturally does this. Um, there's a book that Nancy Guthrie has out. And what I'm doing here is I'm not giving you like these resources. I'm giving you these resources so that you can kind of dig and find other resources as well. Nancy Guthrie come, uh, came out with a book. And what it is, is it's called, uh, let me see, what is it? Um, Dinner Table Devotions or Discussions, Dinner Table Discussions. And this is, maybe you're like, David, I stink at having discussions. I stink at this. So what she does is she in some way Ask questions that you kind of bounce around off the table. So these are some, maybe some, some other resources that you could do. Maybe you're like David, like, um, what are, what are some things unresources wise I can do? Not resources. Um, let's say that you, um, 
let's say let, you you can use I think I've seen Josh do this at, at times have your kids act out stories of the Bible like have them act it out like and then you get to have discussions based on that and maybe you're like David I'm really scared that I'm just going to sound cheesy like I'm really scared that I'm because I'm just not eloquent remember you don't have to be yo like you're you're probably not the best Bible teacher like and you know what that's fine like you don't have to be I'm not saying you don't grow in that but you don't have to be I remember um um three three uh of Josh's kids um I've known them from but it's funny I've gotten to see them grow and now I mean they're um 20 uh, or 19 17 and 15 and it's it's cool because they they're transitioning from like being kids to actually like there's a real friendship now I have with them like they're like literally my friends and um you know what because Jesus Christ has justified me here's one of the things that frees me to do it frees me to not sound have to sound like the smartest person or the most eloquent person I can be cheesy at times. You know how many times they've rolled their eyes at me? Like, and I'm just like, hey, sometimes you miss and it's okay. Another thing that you can do, take specific times for thankfulness in everyday life. Maybe you're driving down the road, like, and all you have to do is observe. You're with your kids, they're in the car. And you can say, guys, you know what? I'm really grateful. I'm grateful that God made sunshine. Like, have you ever noticed that? Like, what would it be like in a world without sunshine? Discussion right there. Like, like, like all that did is come out of thankfulness. Like you can do, like maybe it's, it it is just thundering and lightning sometimes. And you're like, man, guys, that, that sounds like some scary stuff, but like, Hey, it's raining. And that's like providing, I thank God for that. I mean, in some ways it reminds us sometimes God's provision can be very scary in our lives. And all of a sudden you have opportunities. Take time for thankfulness. Tell your kids what you're thankful for God for. Like tell them that even when you're driving in the car, wherever you go, all you're doing, notice you're not doing anything like what we would think of as special here. Like you're, you're really not. All you're doing is you're taking time in the everyday stuff of life to talk to your kids about stuff that you're thankful for. And guess what? That kind of stuff rubs off. Like it really does. But in many times, the biggest thing we have to overcome is this idea of just sounding stupid. And it's just like, you know what? If you realize sometimes we're just going to sound stupid, just like God made us as the kind of creatures to pass on what we say. You can risk it. It's okay. Like Jesus Christ has justified you and you don't always have to sound like the most eloquent person and you're not always going to, and you're not always going to make sense. And you're going to sometimes like say stuff and your kid's going to be like, I don't know what you just said. And you know, that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Have fun. If you can make it fun, make it fun. But guys, these are just, if you had to ask me just some of the things that like like I do, it's taking advantage of the little, like the little stuff and the little moments of life. Like you're at the ice cream store and you're like, 
man, why do you think God gave us the idea to make gummy bears? I mean, all of a sudden it's like, like what? Are, like you're you're just you're just throwing it off there, and it, and this is the way of life. In some ways, these things might help you. In some ways, it's just like, man, David, like this is just obvious stuff that we can do in everyday life. And what I would say is, you know what? Just talk about them all the time in ways that this is a huge one. Use your thankfulness. Use whatever you can. I think we have run out of time. I'm sorry, guys. I wish I could dive into more. I have some more things in here. Um, uh, some quick things, maybe, um, that could be helpful for you. Um, a lot of, maybe, this might be helpful. Go buy a book and read it on how do I ask better questions. It doesn't even have to be a Christian book. But like a lot of the questions that we ask sometimes are just yes or no questions, and then just the conversation stops right there. Like... How do you actually become a better question asker in general? And then what you can do is you can apply that over to the spiritual stuff of life. So when it's like, when you ask your kid, like, hey, how are you doing today? And they say, good. You know what? The problem was, is the question. Like, all of a sudden, if you turn that into, hey, what was the worst part about your day? And then the follow-up question is like, well, why was that the worst part? Like, what did you feel like in that moment? And all of a sudden, you're, you're off and running. Like, so, guys, I hope this was helpful. So, um, any questions? Oh, thank you. You're very kind. You're very kind. Any thoughts, questions, cries of outrage? Um, you can be like, David, I knew all this stuff, whatever. That's fine. Like, Jesus has justified me. So, like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you have a specific book in mind when you were talking about the questions? Actually, didn't. That's really. That was a really great question. There is a book that's like um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the Four C's. I can't remember what it was, but I was yeah, mm-hmm. just curious if you had uh, one in mind. I, I did not. Just I wrote a um, um, so I have a blog um, that I that's been dormant for about a year, um, but I wrote an article on question asking. I've thought a lot through it. I've never read a book. I, but here's the thing. I know books exist out there because there's desperate men who want dates and good questions usually go in line with dates. Um, so it's like, so I'm like, okay, somebody's written about this type of thing before, right? It's obvious. So, but I, I don't, I don't think we realize because a lot of times we think that talking to our kids about like Jesus and, and, and the spiritual stuff of life is actually us doing the talking. A lot of times it's not. It's knowing how to ask a question and then ask follow-up questions and ask follow-up questions. And what you're kind of doing is you're guiding them through your questions to the Savior. Like, like, and that's, like, that's a huge thing. Like, um, let me see if I can use an example. No time for examples. I'm sorry. Let me pray for us, guys, and then we'll uh, and then we'll uh, head back over to the break room. Um, Lord, we pray for your help. Um, Lord, we want to be able to speak. Um, we thank you that you are a justifying God, that though our first parents lost their justification and though we have spent our whole lives seeking justification in the good gifts you've given and therefore ruining them in some ways with the Cheeto dust of our life. Lord, at the same time, Lord, you have given us the ability now through the work of the Holy Spirit to be able to touch the things of this life and not ruin them. 
And we praise you for that, Lord. We intercede on behalf of the children, Father, represented, Father, by the parents in this room, Lord, that they would love Jesus, that they would know Jesus, that they would walk with Jesus, we pray. Lord, we thank you for that. We pray these things, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys.